RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Rivers of Freedom producer Jared Conan coming up. But first, I want to play this track, which is in the movie soundtrack from Joyda May and Tobias Tahi of RCR's Truth Speaker Show. I hear the angels. We'll listen to this, and then we'll talk about the River of Freedom film with the film's producer, Jared Conan, right after the track. What we're living in now is a battle of powers, a fight for our soul, a lust to control. Mind, body, and bones, invasion of homes, they won't take me alone, not dead or alive. These angels arrived and told me to fight till they're taking me right. Back to source, they put me back on the course, fire effects, they fall into my lap. It's all signs that I'm here for a purpose and I'm, I'm alive for a reason when they, they die for treason. It's duck hunting season and mad as a target. I sing a song of ballads and heartless leaders that will sell us on the devilish markets. I If blood is to be shed, let it be shed on our own land. We don't we disagree with you, King. We will remain here and we will fight. Put a life on your knees when you have two feet. No begging then please. That is just defeat. Your television screen is where they're making you weak. They don't want you to speak. Any form of truth, they're afraid of you and what you're able to do. You came here to prove and enable the proof. They say Satan will use mainstream news to control worldviews through frequency and thought. But freedom can't be broke. We see these actors for every lie that's told, every life they sold, every child control. These false idols fall when angels cried they called to put soldiers' hearts to war. I hear the angels New Zealand film River of Freedom is set to release next month, not too far away, with the film premiere events in Auckland, September 5th. That's at the Civic. Christchurch, September 6th at Hoyts Rickerton and Wellington, just down the road from me, September 7th at the Embassy and then on a release around the country after that. The producer of the movie is Jared Connan. He joins me now. Jared, thanks for coming on RCR. Uh, you're welcome. Great to be here, Paul. Thanks for having me on. I don't know where to start with this because it's such a 
huge experience. And I've spoken to so many people who are directly involved. I wasn't. I watched from afar, but I would have liked to have been there. How do we start chatting about this? Well, yeah, you, you're right. It's a it is a really big and broad subject. So, um, I mean, I think um, yeah, we're here to talk about the film. So, you know, how the film came to life really in the protest is probably a good place to start because we sort of all got to the point of the protest out of a um, you know lack of options, frustration. I think for a lot of people across the country, um, their voices not being heard. And, um, you know, there just seemed to be a you know, growing sentiment towards, you know, opposition was needed to try and, um, you know, garner the attention of the um, politicians. So we all, you know, attended the protest. You know, we were living in Wellington at the time. Um, you know, we had been on various marches and, protest, you know, some of the early stuff that was organised by the Freedom of Rights Coalition amongst other groups but they were sort of um, instrumental in, in bringing those um, you know, early uh, you know, public you know, gatherings together. But um, you know, when it came time for the convoy, we weren't really aware of the scale of it living in Wellington because we weren't being called to jump in our vehicle. We were just like, uh, right, they're all going to turn up here. This will be interesting to see. You know, and we'd sort of heard the, you know, the, the, uh, can, you know, the protest convoy in Canada was underway so we sort of had a sense of what that was but um you know when they first arrived in Wellington it was pretty you know uh, thrilling exciting just to see everybody arrive and um we spent the day down there you know just sort of welcoming everybody and and kind of laughing at the same time just going well this is kind of a little bit of you know felt like a bit of a circus a bit of an event and exciting yeah it was it was and it was a beautiful day i remember it and people had their music out and and there was a real sense of, um, you know, community about it at that point, camaraderie, you know, the convoy had arrived, everybody had been watching it come through the country, and then they landed in Wellington, and then suddenly it was the, um, you know, they literally just took over the streets, and nobody could kind of believe it <laughs> to a degree. Mm. We just sort of watched the trucks and vans and cars all roll in, and then the um, the road cones came out, and uh, everybody sort of was a little bit like, uh, not in shock, but bemused about that they would be so bold as just to you know take over the streets. So yeah, it was, and then nobody was really interested in moving at that point. So um, obviously, you know that idea had um, formed before they arrived, and uh, so you know there was a there seemed to be a definitive plan about how that would be rolled out on the day. Um, but the, you know, as we talk about in the film, the camping sort of scenario unfolded just by want of more people coming in and realizing that um, you know they weren't going to be leaving. So um, that was the next step for a lot of people was to sort of you know get those tents up on Parliament grounds. So we um, you know we attended. You know, I had a few friends in the um, in the screen industry who you know we were um, you know we were aligned in our thinking and also you know what we were there at the protest for. And um, one of them, you know, my good friend, Julian Arahanga, who's producing the film with me as well, you know, he, um, yeah, he flagged it at the time when we were down there. He said, oh, look, I've bumped into a bunch of, um, you know, young filmmakers and, you know, just uh, people out there shooting things. You know, we should really get our heads together and actually, you know, cover this as a documentary. So, um, you know, I, I didn't go down there with that intention it just sort of grew out of the movement as well, which was sort of the, um, you know, the interesting sort of, you know, like, like many things, the organic nature of what was happening. Yeah. I think organic is the word. Um, 
And that that uh, that's a word I've always associated with it from watching it from afar because not being there, but but watching all the live streams and there was a lot going on. There's a lot of coverage of it, not in mainstream, but you know, alternative media, and and you could see that it that something was coming together that was yeah. quite uh, you said organic, but. I mean, it's hard to find the word. It, it, you know, it, it, it was kind of in a way magical. Yeah, the it grew. I think is the other thing that was really you know, apparent on the ground. It um, you know people came together, and I think it was that connection and the strength they got from that connection, which is what allowed it to grow and become bigger and um, you know stronger. And, and it worked, though. It wasn't archaic necessarily it wasn't a mess no i mean my kids were there you know they had the best time of their lives you know they were just like it was like a you know a a big playground you know sort of like a a wonderland for them because um you know they felt safe they were you know they were contained in a in an environment where they sort of you know they would bump into a lot of people they knew there was the the kitchen tent was running, so they were able to get food. They were able to play, and just be kind of free spirits. You know, it was um it was quite liberating for them because we had been uh, locked down. Not so much in the idea of the uh, you know we're locked down, we can't leave our homes, but we had been shut out of society at that point. You know, we were well into you know being mandated out of everything. Um, you know, our family had been mandated out of mandated out of numerous you know after school activities for the children. You know, I had you know essentially you know got to the point myself personally of going, I'm giving up my career because there you know I can't see a way through this at the moment. Um, and you know, we stopped you know frequenting all those regular places that we would go to downtown. You know, we couldn't go to cafes, we couldn't go to movies. So that social um, engagement with society had been taken away from us. So to come to the protest with all of that, um, you know, there was baggage. It was, um, you know, it was a lot of anxiety. It was stress. Uh, you know, we'd been navigating family situations, personal relationships to come together with our people all in one place. Just everybody turned around and went, this is our people. The, you know, we'd just want to live like this. And I even look back at the film, you know, I've watched the film, you know, regularly at the moment because we're in the final sound mix and you just see it on everybody's faces and you just see everybody hugging and laughing and, you know, and, you know, and protesting, but they're just doing it openly, which wasn't allowed in, you know, out there in everybody's communities. They were, you know, we were still being told that we were wrong, that we were a threat that you know we were going to transmit the virus and all those stupid you know messages that the the government were giving out we were you know we were the baddies yeah um one of my colleagues here at RCR Rodney Hyde spent some time there and and we've spoken about this quite a bit and the reason I mention it because of the comments he made he said that changed his life well yeah i think um i think it was a um, a pivotal uh, moment for a lot of people in their lives uh, to be honest the uh you know for me myself you know i i grew a lot personally there um i realized what it means what it really meant to stand up for what you believe in um you know it also you know the protest itself new relationships grew out of it 
you know, that are so deep and so strong uh, that you can't come away from a situation like that anything but changed. And, you know, I'll, I'll always say it and openly say, yeah, there were elements there that were not, you know, um, you know, were, you know, not family orientated, so to speak, you know, but that's not, that wasn't the purpose, you know, but that's just society anyway. Society is a diverse group of people that not everybody gets on, not everybody agrees on the same thing. So, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I, um, you know, I look back on it, you know, very fondly, um, you know, proud of what we did, you know, proud of what I did, proud of what everybody put into it. Um, you know, and it sort of, uh, it was a big shift for us um, and for me specifically because, um, you know, when I was arrested on February the 10th, you know, uh, inadvertently just holding the line with everybody else and then suddenly, okay. yeah, yeah, I got ripped out. But um, my photograph ended up in the um, in stuff being taken down. And so yeah, there was a lot of messages that started coming into my phone that afternoon going, what are you doing down there? Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. that's sort of, um, a lot of people, is, and suddenly it became very public, you know, my position. I had been very vocal within the industry um, about um, my opposition to the government's you know, requirements, but um, well, I hadn't really, hadn't been so public, so to speak, but um yeah, I sort of went public at that point. And that's why I didn't mind starting to do the interviews. Um, you know, and it was also we needed to share our story as much as possible and talk about the film because we could see the film that we were have decided that we're going to document uh, through the protest was a way of um getting our uh story out there. And when I say our story, I mean everybody who was the protest story. So um, yeah, that was one of our clear goals. So what did you have to do to get the content that was out there and available um i imagine there was a huge amount of it because you know a lot of people had devices uh, a lot of footage was taken and then rendering it down to you know elements that can make the story so that must have been quite a a big process how much footage did you have available how long did it take you to go through it all Oh my goodness! It was you know literally. I would I'd say there's probably days and days and days of footage. Um, you know, Gaylene, you know, our director, you know, just worked tirelessly to you know to pour through it all. And you know, like anything, you've got to. There's one thing about presenting you know facts for you know or events, you know, the thing you know as it as it occurred. But you actually need to find a story. You need to find characters. You need to find a reason that an audience wants to engage with what you're sharing with them as well. So, uh, you know, that was sort of, you know, one of the key things that, you know, Gaylene started with is like, who are our characters, you know, and what's the wind that's blowing in their face? What's the opposition that they're up against? And how do we, you know, translate that into a narrative really for a, a story? Because, you know, we want people to um, engage in these people's lives. Um, and that's, you know, the, the the first real cut that we got to see was still five or six hours, you know, because there's just so much content. You know, we just had so we had so much access to so many um, people who wanted to share their stories, what they'd captured. You know, we were recording it ourselves. You know, I think at one point we would have had six to seven cameras rolling through the um, through the protest, just various camera people that had aligned themselves with us. You know, we were really uh, blessed to have the. Um, you know, the team at Manaki Media, you know, sort of provide us with a, you know, an initial introduction to the protest movement, you know, because we're all, you know, we're all freelancers. We don't really have, 
you know, a, um, a, a collective, you know, group that sort of turned up at the protest and said we're making a film. We just sort of, you know, started to align there. But Manaki Media had already started um, capturing, you know, short clips and um, documenting the protest movement, um, and they were going out on social media platforms. So they were um, known and respected in the protest movement. And so they, you know, we, we joined up with them and they were able to um, get our cameras onto the front line at every moment of it. So the, the amount of footage that we've got, which is, you know, not so much, I wouldn't say unseen, but it's just really intimate is, um, you know, is pretty amazing. And it's, you know, people can really get that sense that the camera's gone right inside and literally why we called it the heart of the protest because it is, you know, it's in the eyes of the police, it's in the eyes of the protesters, it's in the eyes of the children. You know, it's a, um, you know, you do, you, you're, as an audience member, you're drawn into it so much and, um, you know, people who've watched it, um, you know, one of the comments that sort of come back a few times is, you get you just get the sense that it's just this is just everyday New Zealanders. These are your neighbors, these are your family members that are there. And that's what the film presents to say it's not all these um you know extremists that the mainstream media have been you know propagating as the idea of who was populating it or you know these people all have genuine stories. You see them and the the way that the um the film starts is it's the first 30 minutes as the convoy but you're hearing from everybody on the road as to why they're protesting. And so by the time you arrive at Parliament as an audience member with the protest, you've signed on because you're like, these are these people are, you know, they've been injured, they're um, they've been ostracized, they've been ridiculed, they don't want this to be how our society is. So they're going to go and let the government know why they feel like this and it just becomes very the protest becomes very validated in that sense where you know we've captured you know people from all around the country joining the convoy to come to wellington so then the rest of the film unfolds you know and, and at parliament and we just go deeper on the story with people and why they're there and um you know their motivations and that's wrapped up in the events that occurred, you know, every few days, there was something else that the, um, the police or the government came down with that tried to, you know, um, you know, diminish what the people were doing, um, you know, just to try and get them to move on, try and get us to leave. Um, but, you know, the voice of the people was, you know, very clear from the beginning, you know, we wanted to speak to the politicians, um, you know, we wanted to have our voice heard and, you um, you know, they just uh, refused to engage. So it was, um, you know, it was never resolved. You know, is, so it, yeah. is it inevitable in trying to tell this story, given the circumstances, even if you're trying to avoid it, that it, it does kind of produce goodies and baddies? And uh, does, and we kind of know who the baddies were. And, and you know, you talked about the media, and I was in a workplace, a media workplace at the time, and everyone I worked with had a very negative view of the protesters. We could see that in mainstream media and the way politicians treated. And I, I think you even have your, uh, I'm second guessing, but the title is inspired by, by the river of filth comment by Michael Wood, maybe. Well, there's a hint of that in there anyway. But um, it, it's hard to explain why people saw it in such a, a negative way, given that you could see the joy and the good in it. So do we see goodies and baddies in what you've done? Um, yeah, I, I would say yes. 
you know, because, you know, you know, we want to see ourselves as goodies. You know, it's a, you know, it's our perspective, you know, so we're not there to denigrate ourselves at the end of the day. And we were, we all felt oppressed um, by the government. You know, they were trying to tell us how to live our lives. And, well, they were the baddies, right? Yeah. They were. Yeah. The government, the government was, and they had, um, you know, they'd segregated us from society, which I'd never experienced anything like that in my entire life. It was um, quite a radical um, shift, you know, uh, where I saw myself, you know, as a member of my community, you know, to suddenly being um, on the, on the out and being basically told every single day that I was wrong, you know, for wanting to not participate in the, um, you know, in the vaccine rollout, you know, so, um, yeah, there's, yeah, the film is out from our perspective and, you know, we weren't looking to, it wasn't, it's not a, um, you know, an in-depth investigation of everything that happened or, or anything like that. There are, you know, there is a lot of information that's, you know, that we share from our perspective and the way that we interpreted what was uh, the events as they unfolded around us. And, and it's also our, our the people's reactions to those events as they unfolded and, and but, you know, the film, you know, we, of course, we all know the story where the film, you know, ends on March the 2nd with the, yeah. uh, by the police. We've all seen it. Um, you know, a lot of people lived, you know, that experience and there's still a lot of trauma in people from that. But, you know, going beyond that, you know, we do have to sort of, you know, make sure that people feel that there's an opportunity to move on and to grow and to, you know, live in the light from all of this as well and sort of learn from those experiences. Um, so, you know, we don't just sort of, you know, end with a, how bad they are, all are. It's a, um, you know, there's an opportunity there for, which is what we really see the film as as well as an opportunity for, you know, everybody who's, you know, on this side of the uh, playing field, so to speak, to extend an open invite to the people who weren't uh, open to the uh, our story or what we stood for. The film's accessible to them. You know, it's not a confrontational, um, you know, finger-pointing blame exercise. These are, you know, it's once you compress all of the messaging that came from the government and, uh, you know, all the, um, you know, the health you know, sector and everything, once you compress it down, it's quite telling. You know, it's, you know there is definitively a message that they were getting out there. Um, so it's quite hard to watch for a lot of people, you know, uh, but... The idea is that it's, you know, anybody that might have been on or might be on the fence now, it's an opportunity for them to look into what was happening at the protest and what people are trying to say in in a format that's um, not so, I wouldn't say entertaining, but is engaging. You know, it's got, you know, it's, you know, beautiful soundtrack, you know, beautiful visuals, you know, beautiful people, you know, just sharing their souls. So people will come to the film and, you know, sort of, you know, listen to what's being shared with them. Like we've had, um, you know, we had a revered filmmaker, you know, from the, you know, from New Zealand here, who's, you know, longtime editor. We had her come in to watch the film with us early on to um, just to get some input on the cut and to get a bit of guidance and sort of somebody who is not on the team, you know, as we all know, we sort of, you know, we share our stories around each other quite a lot, but it's always good to get a, um, you know, a temperature check from the outside world. Um, 
you know, and at the end of it, you know, at the end of it all, she said to us, she said, look, I, um, you know, I live in Wellington and the, um, you know, there was the pesky protesters and they were annoying. And, you know, I would just wish that all go away because it was disrupting life for, for me and everybody. And um, she goes, so I came in to watch your film with that opinion. And, um, you know, I was definitely not on your side, but after watching the film, I've now got questions and, um, you know, none of what I saw in that film was what was being told to us through, you know, mainstream media sources. And it said, exactly, this is the point. You know, there is another side to this story and it's just, it's, we've tried to share it. We've tried to, you know, get people to engage in it, but um, not willing to listen. So in the film, we wanted to make sure it was always destined for a theatrical release because that just sort of makes it that much harder to ignore. Um, so, you know, that, that requires that we, you know, the, the bar is really high to get into a cinema at the end of the day. Um, yeah. And it's difficult for us still, you know, but, you know, we've, um, you know, we've persevered with our goal um, and we hope that more cinemas do, you know, come online for us once they see that the um, there is an audience out there who do want to see it and people asking locally at their theatres, is it being played is always a, a great way to yeah. sort of let them know that there's a um, an opportunity to hey for a, for a business make some more money at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, bums on seats, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. I definitely go to the Wellington premiere if you don't mind. I'd yeah. love to go go to it. Um, I, okay, so a couple more questions. There must be some real standout scenes, whether they're captured on the. Um, the movie or not, but in your mind from being there, I mean, obviously being arrested is something, but there must be a few moments that really, really have touched you and others involved in the process. Do you, do you want to care to mention any of those or describe them? Are there any? Oh, yeah, definitely. And the one that, um, you know, I think you know, a lot of people do get quite emotional about in the film is when the High Court case was won for the police and the Defence Force. You know, there's a real sense of, you know, um, you know, joy, I think is a you know good way of describing it. But just the way that Galen's put that together as well is just really beautiful. Um, and you know, and she's you know, and it's just to show that, you know, that that high court case win, you know, we spoke to Matthew Haig, the lawyer, and we've interviewed him and he's sort of detailed it for us. And there's a lot of emotion around it because we interview police officers who were mandated out of the, mandated out of their jobs. There's a um, a great moment with a um, an ex Navy um, you know uh, seaman in there talking about his experience, and you see the people you know acknowledge the police you know in the in the protest at that point as well, and you know. It's just a really nice coming together of of everything, and it's just a you know it's, it's quite a beautiful moment in the film. So I think um, you know Galen did a great job in, in putting that together, and um, you know I think um, and I think the other thing that I sort of really you know yeah the music is just in general is something that really is quite moving throughout. We had um, our composer Russell Walder put together a great score for us. You know, we're so lucky to have him there at the helm and the musicians that we've got, you know, both internationally, you know, and locally in New Zealand are just, you know, top class. And we just got just, it's just so, you know, beautiful. And they're all freedom musicians, you know, for want of a better term, where these people believe strongly in what the, um, in what we stand for and they've written songs to that effect. So, 
you know, we're, they're just, you know, they're beautifully placed. Um, it's, you know, you, you just get a real, um, you know, you, connection to their story as an artist, but also that connection through the images to the song as well. And you sort of, uh, they take you on a journey, which is, you know, I'm, I'm constantly blown away by the soundtrack, you know, that we're having made for the film. And I think uh, that really helps, you know, keep people, um, you know, keep people excited and, and um, you know, just there's a lot of joy and there's heartache in the film and that sort of is always just you know, enhanced by music. So it's a, those are those are two things that I really, um, you know, really love about it. Okay, so I was at the tender age of 17 hitting the streets when the Springbok tour was on. So I remember those days and there were, you know, 20, 30,000 people in the streets for the um, protest in Wellington. And I know from that where that sits kind of in, in the, you know, the course of history. What do you think about what happened and what you have covered in this documentary? Where do you think that will sit in the history of this country. I know it's probably not an easy one to answer, but it, it was something significant, wasn't it? Yeah, um, totally. Everybody who's um, you know taken the time to look at the film can see that as well. Uh, we know it just for the mere fact of it'll be you know, the actual event itself as as part of our history now. But I think what's um, you know really interesting about all of that is it was the people of New Zealand standing up for themselves as well. You know, um, you know, it was you know very unique in that sense. You know, in opposition to the government, so it wasn't sort of it was a very broad cross section of you know New Zealanders who turned up there for various reasons. Um, but you know, the film has been called a yeah, you know, it's a document on record. You know, of the events as they occurred as well, and it, it'll be there are other films that will be considered in that status as well because they've got a, a different perspective and they're telling a different story but together they'll they'll form a um you know a body of work but um you know it's a it's a i think you know we've just got you know such a broad range of um story in there that uh, nobody can ignore it for what it is in the sense that it's you know a perspective of the people the film was made by the people for the people um and it's um you know and it's you know, uh, there's just a um, a whew, what's the word for it? A just a, a collection of you know a, a amazing uh, moments of various groups all there at the same time, and everybody's kind of blown away when they see that. They just never expected that to be in the film. So um, yeah, I think that's quite encouraging for you know the opportunity for people to look back on it in the future and get a better understanding about what was um, unfolding at that time. Jared, thanks for coming on and and telling us about that. It's fascinating. And we must um, mention Gaylene Barnes is who you're talking about when you're saying Gaylene. She's the <laughs> director. Let's get that in. And um, um, and I guess, like you said earlier, for, for those who maybe misperceived through, you know, the channels that they're watching at the time, and got the wrong idea of what this was about and the people involved, you would urge them to go and watch this, wouldn't you? Oh, 100%. Look, it's a it's a beautiful film at the end of the day, and it's a beautiful film about um, New Zealand. So I, we invite everybody. We want everybody to be there. And, you know, I'll, you know, and I'll just... For anybody that wants to know more about the film, you know, they just need to subscribe to our website, 
which is riverfreedomfilm.nz. You know, it's yep. very easy to um to just to go to the website, click on subscribe, and you'll receive notifications. But you'll be able to read the synopsis, and there's the teasers and the trailers and everything that the film's about. So people can go there and and learn about us. Um, you can buy tickets to the films there as well. So you can go to the premieres and look. The premieres are premieres for the people. So they're they're priced like a movie ticket. These are premieres not premieres for the people. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not they're not you know gala events where it's um, you know expensive. These are you know twenty dollar movie tickets. So come down, um, you know, and you know experience the film in a theater, which is the way it's been designed to be you know seen. Um, you know, there's still a theatrical experience. There's still something to behold in itself. I mean, I'm I'm just amazed that we've got an opportunity to be in the Civic, the Embassy, and you know Hoyts. It's pretty special, you know. Um, yep. so it's, uh, it's something that everybody um, should be excited about. Uh, you know, so you know, come one, come all. You know, we're um, it's an open door. You know, and we just want to celebrate. Have you shown it to your kids? Uh, bits and pieces. Bits yeah. and pieces, just well, what ages are they? Sorry, oh, uh, 15, sorry, 16 and 14. They'll be going to the premieres, they'll be, though, they'll be coming to the premieres. Yep, they'll be coming to Auckland. Um, you know, all our families uh, attending my parents and my wife's parents, and you know, yeah, and we've got family in Christchurch that are that are attending there as well. Um, yeah, and they're all excited about seeing it. Um, cool. and um, yeah, so it's you know, it's a, it's a family movie. You know, it's, you know, at times it's a, it's certainly, you know, kids will get bored. It's two and a half hours long. Come on, let's be honest. Right. <laughs> it's okay. not a TikTok yeah. video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, like a kids version, like 20 yeah, minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, and look, our next task is we're going to, um, you know, we've got to get the film ready for an international release as well. So we do have to, you know, cut it slightly differently so international audiences can, you know, understand it better because we as New Zealanders, intimately know who all those politicians are and all what, yep. what all those places are but the international audience has you know just got a, um, a a different set of um you know different set of parameters that they're viewing the film through i walked past there the other day and it was so quiet <laughs> Nothing happening. So quiet. Well, the other, um, the, the other little—is um, this Parliament you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the it, there's a funny other little thing that's happening is that the day our film is released, um, the, the official release date is the seventh, but on you know Friday the eighth of September, I believe that's when Parliament dissolves for the election. So, um, oh, there you go. Good time to release the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Jared Conan, who is the River of Freedom producer. Thanks for coming on RCR and telling us about it. Great effort. Great job. Uh, yeah, welcome, and um, you know, thanks to everybody who helped us make this story because um, you know it's not just. Um, you know, the producers and the director, you know, and the editors making the film. It's everybody who's put their heart and soul into it with us. So, um, you know, and we thank everybody. So, you know, it's the people's film. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.